Thanks for tuning in to the CHCA Entrepreneurial Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Carter. And on today's episode, I will be talking with Amy Connor. Amy Connor is the president and owner of CMO On Loan, and she also helps facilitate the CHCA Business Roundtable here at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. Together, we'll discuss the role of the mentor, the role of confidence, and ultimately the role of trust when it comes to understanding you and your business. So joining me on the phone is Amy Connor. Amy is the president and owner of CMO On Loan. Amy, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much, Stephen. It's my pleasure. So Amy, uh, just tell me, this is this is a very interesting position that you have, CMO On Loan. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is, what, what your company does? Absolutely. So CMO is Chief Marketing Officer On Loan, and the whole idea is we help mid-market companies, privately held companies in the Cincinnati, Dayton, and Northern Kentucky area. And what we do is we do the 120-day marketing makeover, marketing jumpstart, so that we go in. I have six uh, part-time consultants that work with me. We all have corporate backgrounds. So we're bringing that expertise in a very concentrated way to get companies up and running. And then we come alongside them as advisors after that. So your background is at the IAMS company, correct? Yep. I had I started my career at the IAMS company when it was privately held. And then we were acquired by Procter & Gamble. I moved into brand management, which is marketing there for several years, and then was recruited over to Luxottica, where I stayed there for several years, finishing my career as the VP of marketing for LensCrafters in a corporate sense, that is. And then I moved to starting my own company in 2016. So at what point did it occur to you that, you know, this is something that companies could use, this idea of, you know, loaning out the skills and benefits of a chief marketing officer? Like, how did that idea appear? Partly, it came from a lot of networking. So I was so blessed when I left Luxottica. I knew I didn't want to go get another full-time VP of marketing job. It took me a little while to figure that out, but I had some amazing mentors within the CHCA community who were already doing this similar thing. And they would say things like, Amy, you've got a lot to offer. I just think you need to put it into the right spot. And then they'd introduce me to people who are like my clients right now who are um, owners of um, midsize, which I would say between five and 35 million is our sweet spot. But mid-size, primarily business-to-business companies, and they would say, man, I could use your firepower. I just don't think I need it every day. And I said, I don't think you do need it every day. But boy, you could probably use a jumpstart. You could probably use a boost, couldn't you? And they're like, yes, that would be fantastic. Can we work it out? So it was, it was actually pretty organic between advice I was getting from people who knew the industry and the way it worked and people in finance. It's much more common to have outsourced finance and I got to meet some of them, and then from the owners themselves, and that has proved true over the last several years. Now, you mentioned that that really this came down to a role of mentorship and, and things like that, and I know that many of our listeners, especially our students, are going to be seeking this idea of guidance from a mentor, and I'm curious, what could you tell us about that mentoring experience, whether it was you being mentored or you mentoring other people that was so beneficial? Well, first, I'd say it's invaluable. And I didn't learn the lesson of mentorship 
as well as I wish I would have early in my career. And so now it's a passion of mine to mentor young students because I can give them insight. I can give them access to resources, access to contacts that could help them because it is still a people game. It is still around trust, especially in privately held businesses in this area. We aren't just going to take somebody off the street. We really would like to know who they are, a bit about them. It's that trust component that you can't just get from a resume, but you do get from knowing people, getting experiences with them. So I would say for the mentee and my experience as a mentee, embracing it, reaching out to people. People do love to give their feedback, but then also what what are you doing for it? So as a as a mentee myself, how am I offering help? How am I showing up to any conversation with my mentor, asking specific questions of them, asking for their advice, but not overusing that? I understand it needs to be a balance of both of us. And then what help can I provide them? And I'll tell you, as a mentor, I always gain what I think is more from the conversation, what I think my mentee got out of it. But my goal, of course, is to, is just to help them. Well, I was going to say that, that that's that's so true in, in so many different areas, right? Because it, it's the idea of giving. And when you give something, you often are more blessed yourself than even the person that you're giving it to. So, so one one kind of question I have, you know, we have so many students who are interested in entrepreneurship and interested, you know, generally in business, but don't really know how to go about this process of finding a mentor. I mean, once you find a mentor, great. But what about those who they're just not sure? They they think they have an idea. They think they have a skill set. How do they find somebody to come alongside them and say, listen, let me help you. Let me give you some guidance. I don't know the perfect way, but I'll tell you the way I found it. I started close in. I started with people I knew. I started with... Um, really thinking a little bit further about adults in my life. When I was a young person, I was blessed to have a few people who were willing to give me a chance, even though I didn't know what I was doing. So I would say they're all around you and they're willing if you put yourself out there a little bit and ask them, I would be very surprised. So um, I'm, for example, I offer it up the business owners roundtable. I'm sure there are people there that I lead right now for CHCA that be willing to do it. I think you'd be surprised how many people would be willing to do it, but they don't want to press themselves upon you, especially young people. You know, the last thing you want to do is to offer your help and someone dismiss it. So remember that there's two sides of that coin where mentors actually do want to provide value. And so they're looking for people who are willing to take it and be a part of that relationship. Now, could you tell us a little bit more about this uh, this business roundtable at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy? Like, how did this start? What is it? And what's your role with that? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I was super blessed. Um, it was started several years ago by there were a variety of Todd's and Andy and an Andy in the group, all business owners. Um, and they said, you know what? We need to get around each other, support each other, not necessarily networking or selling to each other, but really lifting each other up and certainly dedicating ourselves to helping each other's businesses and in different ways versus just directly selling. So they meet once a month. Um, uh, Todd, one of the Todd's led it for several years and um, he passed it on to me as a facilitator. 
um, a couple of years ago. So we meet um, on the, I think it's the second Wednesday of the month in the Welcome Center usually, although we had it in Zoom this week. And it's 7.45 to 9. Um, welcome to have students. I know that doesn't fit your normal schedule. And we talk about what's going on with our businesses. We often have a topic. And I just facilitate. Uh, we're always looking for speakers. We'd love to hear about students. We'd love to use some time uh, to share and to give feedback if that if that works for them. You know, I had the opportunity to actually sit in on that Zoom call this past week. And, and I have to say, so I, I've been to now two of these meetings. And, you know, it, it's interesting because you hear the name, you know, the Business Owners Roundtable or the Business Group at CHCA. But what I witnessed just in seeing that was a group of people who were legitimately interested in helping each other. One of our one of the people on, on the call was an alumni and he was talking about his business. And before you knew it, two or three people were saying, oh, you know, we could use this and we could help you in this way. So I was wondering, do you have any anecdotes or little examples of how you have seen from this group examples of people just wanting to go out of their way to help each other be successful? Yeah, that's a great point about this group. The biggest one is you can you can hear we all are using each other's services where appropriate. Um, we are sometimes even offering it as complimentary services to help right now. Um, but a lot of times it'll be, hey, uh, you know, I, I do printing. Well, I can do my printing with you. I mean, as long as it's a good uh, cost comparison, um, absolutely, I'm happy to do that. There are a lot of business services, like you heard a little bit about title and realtors and different groups that normally work together and they just banded together. We've got a home builder in our group and we've got a security system um, owner, so service owner, and they're working together. So there are a lot of very informal but strong relationships between our business owners. And they happen through meetings like this and just getting to know. And I'd say that's the biggest um, barrier we have. Is there are so many business owners in, in uh, CHCA that we don't really know all of them and we'd love to. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think the students especially would uh, would benefit from that. And speaking of that and speaking of this outreach and everything, going back to kind of this marketing piece, one of the questions I've been asking our guests as of late, you know, the vast majority of us are now kind of in the third week or ending that third week of this quarantine with this COVID-19 changing the landscape and the dynamic of really what business looks like, what lifestyle looks like. And I'm curious from your perspective with CMO on loan, what does that look like for you in this ever changing world we live in now with the pandemic going on? What are some plans you have in place going forward that will enable you to continue your efforts? I would say right now our focus is service our customers the very best we can. I, my team and I have put together a couple of guides to help. First, how to communicate during this crisis. The second is how to come out with momentum. So we are putting a lot of energy into helping people get focused so that they can come out of this. Understanding with full respect, some companies are closed and that we understand that for sure. But a lot of ours are kind of in a holding pattern and we want them to build up now so that when this is we're coming out of this, they're prepared and they're ready to thrive. So that's a lot of what our focus is. What would you say to those businesses that at this point are unsure whether they'll be able to open their doors again or that don't even know if they will have a viable uh, you know, business going into the future once this all settles? 
The companies that we're talking to that aren't sure, really, I'd go back to your customer target and I'd go back to what do you really do and what do you do really well? One of the exercises we're asking our businesses to do, regardless of where they are, is, okay, well, this is a real, there's a really good chance this is going to happen again. This is an external factor. What is it that you really want? Who do you really serve? Will those people come back? Will they not? What, what has changed? What are the dynamics that have changed in the market? And how will you respond? So it puts the power back in their hands and giving them some choices to make versus just assuming that the world is out of control and there's nothing they can do because they can do things. They might not like the consequences. They may not like all the choices, but they can still make those choices, which we have heard even for companies that we're working with, which we think are closed. It gives them some inspiration and some hope that they will do something positive in the future. Maybe not exactly what they did in the past. Right, right. Well, it seems like that inspiration and hope is one of the most important things to have now. Uh, going into a slightly different topic with regard to marketing and your experience with that, many of our students are proficient in uh, in this sort of new wave of social media and how social media has really taken over many of these marketing forces, even things uh, like Instagram. Of course, Facebook is still out there, Twitter, all sorts of different media platforms to really begin to market in a different way. And as our students are growing up in a culture that is immersed in this, of course, you know, you and I didn't exactly grow up in a social media culture per se. They are immersed with this essentially from the time they start in grade school. To what extent would you say that is going to be a positive force for our entrepreneurship students going forward to reshape the way they think about marketing in the digital age? Well, I think it's fantastic. You're right. I didn't grow up in social media. I would say for people who are, it's natural for you. You are learning about new ways to do things. You can do it faster. You can balance things better than I can. Just because you know it, you've known it you know, from the very beginning. The balance for them, and I would encourage them, to think about the person first versus the channel that's in front of them. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of people say, oh, I need digital. Well, what about digital do you need? Um, where is your audience? Truly, where's your audience? And go there, choose the channel by the audience, not the channel because you like the channel, and then go full force. Really understand what is what are all the ins and outs of that. So I would say for sure, it's great for them. Just make sure they balance that with the knowledge of where the people are. And so when you say, look at the person first, you're, you're talking about really their target demographic, right? Yep. And how do you determine that in a social media age? How do you decide where your target demographic can best be reached? Well, it's actually even easier in a digital age. Um, you know who you're looking, well, first you need to put on paper who your target audience is. A lot of our companies, it's just not a discipline they put down yet. And it's very um, enlightening when you say, who do I really want to work with? I'll take other people if you're selling something, uh, but if who do I really want to work with? And then identify that type of person. And with all of the digital tools right now, you can go out and you can say, well, where does this person usually hang out? So for B2B, a lot of them, they're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. It's not, even if they are, that's not what they want to hear. They are on LinkedIn and a lot more on LinkedIn than they ever used to be. But I can easily pick out 10 of my clients and say, well, let's just go check. Do they even have a profile? Even that simple research will help you understand where your audience is. 
Now, earlier you mentioned that one of the most important things, especially in the mentor relationship, is this idea of trust. And of course, in the business world, this is huge, being able to trust the product, trust the person selling the product. How have you seen the concept of trust function in a world of social media where things are digitized and there's less of a person-to-person communication? I mean, even right now, where we are distanced socially from everybody, what do you do about that element of trust in a society that is digitized like this? It is a challenge because I think the digital world, what I have seen is it makes it actually harder to build trust because it's so easy to communicate to so many people. It's so easy to quote unquote personalize, but it's not really personal. What it comes down to is really understanding who your audience is, who do you really want to talk to and what do they care about? If you can do that, it yes, in person is fantastic. Video would be the next step. Um, calls, we, whether we like it or not, we all are still meant for community. And a lot of that means in person. But I would say the same disciplines are true. Make sure you are saying what's important to them, not just what you want to say or sell or promote. Now, one of the questions that I'll be asking the guests on this podcast is to think back and kind of reflect on some of the missteps, some of the mistakes that they have made that they then could help others from making. So Amy, if you were to if you were to sort of look back at your high school self, you know, uh, getting ready to graduate high school, going into college, not exactly sure what your path is going to be, what what would you say based on your experience would be the best advice to give to your younger self to possibly avoid some of the missteps you've had along the way? Oh my goodness, there's so many, but let me pick a few. <laughs> so what I would tell a young person based on what I what I did and, and didn't do is, I wish I would have had more confidence as a young person with what I could offer the world. I, I, I don't know, I probably didn't have as much insight as many of the students that are, might be listening to this right now. And it was worthy and helpful and useful, and I never believed it. So I didn't speak up when I had a thought that was really, you know, I thought about, I'd done some research, I didn't speak up, I didn't share it, and the organization missed out on it. That would be one. The second thing is this idea of mentorship. I had people who were pouring into me, and I did not understand what it was, why they were doing it, or how I could generate that. I thought mentoring was about just trying to jump and get ahead, like, those movies we used to watch. I thought it was a bad thing, not a good thing. And so I would, I wish that I would have, and I hope the people listening will embrace the idea of getting mentors. They are, I guarantee you, they're all around and they're willing. I, I just never took advantage of it. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's great advice. And I think that many of our listeners, and, and, and not necessarily just the students, but many of our listeners, this idea of having confidence in yourself and speaking up because your opinion matters and it needs to be heard. I think that's wonderful advice. Well, I hope it helps others. Absolutely. Well, Amy, uh, thank you so much for your time today and uh, best of luck in this uh, you know, <laughs> next couple weeks of quarantine, however long this lasts with, with navigating that. With your family is right, right? You've, you've got some young children at home? Yes, I have two girls at home who are doing the remote learning. So and, and, and how is that going so far? You know, all overall, very well. It's a challenge. It's a new world. Uh, we're all having to uh, 
change our expectations. And I guess that's the same for business as for home. Yeah, that's that. That is the face of it for sure. Yes. Well, thanks so much for your time today to talk with us, and uh, we truly appreciate it. So again, Amy Connor is the president and owner of CMO On Loan. And Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's been great. That concludes this episode of the CHCA Entrepreneurial Podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribe to the podcast for future episodes.